0: Can you imagine going and killing somebody?
1: In the full graphic way as well, right? Sometimes we think of it as just a stone from a distance, but that didn't finish it.
2: The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name's Luke, I'm at the table with Dave Ben and special guest, Dr. Dan. How you doing? Well, thank you. How are you? That's good. Um, Four people, I mean, you've been on the show before, so it was a while ago.
0: Okay. Ah, when we talk about COVID? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're
2: talking about the loneliness during COVID and sort of coping through that Mm. when all the lockdowns were happening here in in, in Bundy. That was fun. It was fun. But it,
0: was it wasn't fun. here in this studio. It's pretty cool. No, the studio
2: is new. So, we'll, yeah, welcome to the new studio. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> you know, fun trivia, I recorded that episode with you from the comfort of my car. Oh,
2: really? Well, that, <laughs> cars are a really good place to record audio. So, that <laughs> yeah, kind of for makes sure. sense. Yeah. So. Good acoustics. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in addition to um, being a feature on the show before, um, okay. tell us a little bit about you. So, what, what, what do you do? What does your life look like?
0: my life looks like um i am a husband i'm a father i'm a child of god i i like running Mm -hmm. um that's an
2: understatement by the way like (laughs) how much do you like running
0: a little bit a lot maybe i don't know (laughs) marathons i was gonna say how far what's
2: the maximum distance
0: that you've ever run uh close to 90k (laughs) but i the race was 110 and i didn't finish so that's (laughs) a bit of a disappointment i haven't done that a few times okay um yeah, so I do like a little bit of running. Um, I also do podcasting uh, mm-hmm. in my spare time, mm-hmm. but in my real spare time, I also work as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what right. I and so to
2: give your uh, give your podcast a plug.
0: Uh, we've been on a bit of a pause So I don't know if people want to go and check But yeah, there's still enough material for them to go and check um, We have a few But probably the one that will be relevant to what we talk today Will mm-hmm. be Gluten Time yep. Gluten Time podcast mm-hmm. Gluten Time Gluten Time. How did you come up with that name? Um, Adventisms I think, uh, I think colloquialisms is not Adventisms uh, I like gluten steaks uh-huh. Uh, most people have an aversion to gluten these days because of a lot of reasons, uh, health reasons, physical, so I don't know. We wanted to uh, the podcast to be called Tofu Time, uh-huh. but there was already somebody who had uh, hijacked the Tofu Time oh. name on YouTube. And even though we were not doing YouTube, we thought like, oh, maybe we need to foresee the future and if we were to go to YouTube, which mm-hmm. we are thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. We had to change. Mm. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we had to change <laughs> yeah. to... Gluten time. Oh. Yeah. Cool,
1: mm-hmm. that's cool. So so and not to neglect you guys, how are you? Yeah, good. Happy yeah. to be here. It's yeah. been a long time coming. How long have we been planning this series? Like a year? Yeah, probably. We keep saying we have to do this. Yeah, I think it has been. Yeah, at least a year. Yeah. Well, well, at a least year. Least around
0: that
2: time, yeah. I was going to say I think it might even be longer than that. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, I was still living
1: at my last place, and I've been here for over a year now. So. Oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> okay. Yeah. So long time so coming. District. Yeah. Super stoked to have Dan on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love, love his work. Love, love ah, his thanks. friendship. <laughs> yeah. So Thank it's good you. to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. So, and
2: you've probably already, you probably already know because you clicked on the episode, but uh, today we're, we're, gonna, we're starting a new series where we're going to be looking at, at the mental health of, of characters in scripture and mm-hmm. we're looking at their personalities and, and just sort of seeing what we can learn from that and, and looking at it also through, through your lens as, as a professional in, in the space. And so we're going to be talking firstly about uh, David. King David, not this David. Uh, (laughs) Please, not me.
1: Uh, That's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, we can do that. We can save that for off air.
0: (laughs) We might do a special episode.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to be here for that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole process. (laughs) Vulnerability brings growth.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) Oh, you can. can I'll let you know when I'm ready to grow. (laughs) 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 Okay, that's
0: fine. Uh,
2: (laughs) Well... For us to for us to get underway, uh, we thought it would be helpful for us to start with with David's story. So okay. uh, let's um, let, yeah let's let's start there. Let's talk a bit about um, his experience and walk through that.
1: So I guess first of all, why would we be considering David with uh, psychologists at the table? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's pretty obvious. Um, if you if you read any of the Psalms, he he was quite emotive, wasn't he? In in the Psalms, he sort of freely expressed himself through that avenue of of sort of poetry and music Um, and it gives us a real look into like his real thoughts and feelings Mm. and i really like that about the character david like that he he was quite genuine Mm. authentic and you can sort of feel like you can get in his heart a little bit Mm. yeah for sure yeah
0: for sure i I think you're right i think the idea of being able to resonate with the human parts of characters in the Bible brings the Bible alive. Mm-hmm. I think I was mentioning to you guys as we were preparing for this stuff that um, I had this, this problem of sometimes reading things or seeing things and not seeing it through the lens of what I've been doing for, for a while. Um, and when I think of David, I think about him being super... Um, um, him having a lot of characteristics of things of people that I see as my patients mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, but I think if we were to start thinking about him as somebody who can resonate with us, we have to go back to those, uh, those aspects of his humanity. Right. So the questions here are, what do we know about David mm. from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? Well, What do we know about David as a child, for example?
2: not much. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. There's not much yeah. happening.
2: Well, I guess we can infer some things, right? We, we, we can we can uh, look at the fact that he was a shepherd boy that was you know didn't have any shepherd boy, yes? yet particular renown like he wasn't from a royal family or anything like that. So we can assume he grew up in a obscure sheep herding family. Okay. Know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. He he was the youngest, I believe. Mhm. How um, many brothers did he have? I know, like 11 or 12 yeah, quite a few yeah something. so you quite can scary. imagine
1: being the youngest of a lot of siblings would probably have an impact on the way he was parented
0: yeah so I, like his I, father would have been considerably oh, older for yeah, example I can think of two things one uh, he was the afterthought <laughs> uh, and, and as a parent um, I, I know that uh, I love both of my girls but um, Abby if you're listening or watching this we love you and we have care for you but we were trained a lot more because of Beck. So when Becky came, we were like very overly cautious because we didn't mm. have a clue what we we're doing. The yeah. Second mm. came, it was a bit easier. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, and <laughs> so imagine having so many kids and you're like, oh David, you know, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. just go <laughs> and do what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll like, survive. <laughs> you're not gonna die. <laughs> that's <okay>. right. Like, <laughs>
0: like how they say in Australia, like she'll be right. She'll or, be right, or, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what would probably happened. Or. He was somebody who was really long for beloved and overprotected. Right, Mm -hmm. like Joseph. Uh, Yeah, like like Joseph. I I don't know if he was overprotected as such, because, I mean, if he's like a little kid going to the mountains, facing bears, bears. lions, (laughs) and whatever, he's like, ah, you know, he keeps on coming back. He must be okay. (laughs) Um, So... That, that's something about his childhood and yeah. yet we know very little and yet we know a lot because mm. we know that um, the biggest story that we know of David, at least from childhood, is that he was fighting this big massive monster, mm. him, right? Uh, and I don't know what you think about uh, this idea, but can you imagine being, I don't know, uh, I think a scholar's battle between, was he 12, was he 13, 14? Um, I don't know how old he was. I don't even remember his Bible. He was the certainly second. small because he, he didn't fit into Saul's armor, correct, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So Saul was a ty- I mean, the Bible describes him as a very tall, handsome mm-hmm. guy, muscular mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm. So he's battling. So can you imagine... Let's imagine that he's... I don't know. Let's imagine he's 16 for the sake of... I, I have mm-hmm. the feeling that he might have been younger, but right. let's imagine he's 16. generous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine going and killing somebody?
1: Yeah, well... Uh, I mean... In the full graphic way as well, right? Sometimes we think point. of it as just a stone from a distance, but that didn't finish it. No, no, yeah. no. He
0: went and got the sword. Yeah. hit hit him. Uh, have you ever driven on the road and hit something? Yeah. I don't know how you feel. I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah he's hitting a little tiny kangaroo, yeah. hitting a duck. Well, it's, uh, it's
1: worse when you don't quite kill it and you have to go and finish it off. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. I don't
0: have the heart to go back. Oh, and Maybe okay. that makes me feel bad. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I think like, no, it was I, 100. I had an experience
1: once where I was trying to do that with, I won't tell you the details because it was graphic, but yeah. um i couldn't i couldn't finish it so it took several goes mm-hmm. at, at finishing this this oh suffering man. animal off mm-hmm. and every time i tried it just felt worse and worse yeah yeah,
0: yeah. well yeah so that's that's him right yeah. from very young age yeah. mm. and then i know there's you know some of us you know if we we might depending on the listeners where you're listening from i mean we might go hunting shooting mm. even fishing i mean depending on the degree of what we consider life to be valuable And like mm. we fish and we kill a fish i'm like yeah, that should be okay mm. Um, but here we have a human being killing a human being Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and we have to remember one thing. We are not designed once. We were not designed to die, Mm -hmm. neither were we designed to take somebody else's life Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so these guys doing that and it didn't finish there. What do we know after that? What 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 comes to mind after that sequence of uh, that story, I guess? Was the yeah. song
1: the song that they were singing about it was like Saul has killed his hundreds but David has killed his thousands or something like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thousands.
0: Yeah, so so we You guys need to be military men, right? He became he, he became many, like an SAS, <laughs> yeah green right. beret, mm. Navy seal and he goes and he's killing a lot of people. Yeah, mm. uh, and he what we know when we are facing such scenes is that trauma comes to life Mm. yeah so it's not hard to see how he could have been a little bit messed up Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. can i just back up just a tad i just wanted to say uh, about the childhood experience that you were describing and the fact that he was out doing those things in the field and and working hard and and slaying lions and bears etc that do you think that that would have built into david's young life like a, a degree of resilience that maybe most children don't experience
0: yeah I think yeah definitely, definitely. Mm. I think it was a preparation, yeah um, for what he was, what to, was come, to come theologically speaking, yeah. but um, yeah, if we just take it as the human phase life value and do you think prepare him for a lot of things.
1: Mm, do you think that um, from a psychological perspective, do you mm-hmm. think that that would have at all prepared him for Goliath and what was to come, that level of resilience, or like would that maybe have lessened the scar
0: <laughs> um no, I think we will have prepare him, because after you take alive, it's easy to take another. Right. Mm-hmm. Now there is a big jump though. Please I- tell me you're not mind. speaking from experience. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yes, I am actually from experience. Seeing people, I work in, uh-huh. in jail before, um, yep. so uh, from it, it does it makes it a little bit easier. We desensitize. And that's why, you know, that's yeah. that's the human condition where we desensitize to things that we do that once we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a, still a big jump, though. Right.
1: There's still a resilient effect. Yeah. Uh, sorry, a residual effect is what I was trying to say. Yes,
0: yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Now, the other thing is, I mean, we cannot avoid the, the, the religious, spiritual aspect that he obviously did this because he believed that he was, um, he was offensive to his God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and I think this, uh, when we're preparing for this, I remember I was mentioning it to you guys, remember sometimes there is duty and then there is choice. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about the life of this, of David and his mental health, perhaps some of the things that he got into were by duty. Mm-hmm. While some of us have made, get into trouble because of choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we could argue he still had the choice not to go and kill anybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except for when he was protecting himself with the bears and the lions and the ship. but otherwise he didn't have to go and do this I mean, right. he was a little guy mm-hmm.
1: yeah he, he he was only there to deliver food for his brothers and so forth. For sure, he wasn't there to fight Goliath. For sure, no. for sure. Yeah.
0: And so I, I, when I think of that, and the reason why I'm mentioning that is because there might be people here watching this, listening to this, and I think of you know there's a lot of things that we are facing because we have to sometimes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, we could argue, where you choose to, but sometimes we 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 don't have options. There's duties mm-hmm. uh, that we have to carry on. Mm-hmm. So, but anyhow, moving forward with this, he's having this traumatic experience that didn't end there because remember that song that you guys mentioned yeah. is it uh ben thousands to thousands or yeah. whatever Saul he killed, killed, thousand his, and his Saul his killed thousands and he killed
2: these thousands and david killed his tens of thousands right yeah
0: so now we had this guy and we should make an episode about Saul, by the way because yeah. i didn't know the guy on yeah. the other side of the story mm-hmm. but um now they had this guy who is jealous who's trying to persecute david mm. And that also reflects in his writings that you were mentioning, that poetry, that uh, mm. anxiety. You could argue that the Psalms that David wrote out, uh, his like his uh, journal yeah, of some kind. Yeah. His, his self-therapy in some ways, to be honest. Uh,
1: and maybe some, some of them, are hi- uh, a hymn book for when he went and played for Saul. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. Absolutely, absolutely. And so now he's persecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it is not hard to see... That he is going through a lot of affliction, mm-hmm. and so when I think of him, and I, we read the Psalms, uh, I think of somebody who is traumatized, yeah. mm-hmm. who is anxious, uh, who might have fallen into a bit of despair. I, mean, I don't know if depression will be the the, the, the idea here, but uh, definitely anxiety and trauma. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. symptoms that you see with with such uh, conditions are um, poor sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit of a sense of hyper-alertness, hyper-vigilance. Mm-hmm. When you think like, hey, you know, my enemies are following me. They're chasing me. And, and mm. that was true for you. Yeah, I was about to say, say. <laughs> exactly what was going on there. <laughs> so it wasn't paranoia. Yeah. So he wasn't psychosis. It's a different condition. When like, I know people are following me and they're not. Yeah. They are following this guy.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, He's actually in da- legitimate danger. Uh, correct, yeah. correct. And so the hyper-vigilance is justified, but it still has an effect on his life, right? And his correct.
0: Mental yeah. yeah, 100%. Uh, and so he's not at peace. he is not restful uh, all the time mm. and that's when he's writing some of this stuff that that, that, that we have I mean mm. I, I just wanted to read like some of this, the things like part of his sketches mm. uh, in, in his life there is there's this thing that says when I kept silence, my bones waxed all through my roaring all day long mm. yeah like one thing is. He, when I kept silence, that's an interesting thing. You know, he was keeping this to himself. Mm. It's like an internal turmoil mm-hmm. all day long. And that's what mental illness can be. Mm. Mental health conditions or mental mental illnesses don't... Uh, they are real medical things that are there all the time. It's not like, oh, one day I feel like this and one day I feel like that. Mm. It's like a constant thing. We might have glimpses of hope, mm. but mm. overall, there is like a, the overarching uh, experience is based on these... For him, anxiety, worry, hypervigilance, if you want to call it. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Can, can I ask, and yes. feel free to defer this to later in the conversation if you okay. feel it fits better, but how important do you think that his friendship with Jonathan was considering that trauma and that experience that he was going through?
0: Ah, good question. Uh, I think it will be very important. Uh, when we know, when we think of social connectedness, Yeah, um, it helps us to... Find support, mm-hmm. to find reassurance, to find uh, a confidence, mm. perhaps mm-hmm. to be able to share the struggles You know that idea of a burden a is a burden half. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming because they were so close that he will talk "Hey, you know, your dad, like yeah. piece of work, like can you <laughs> tell him to please stop," <laughs> uh, yeah. and 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 things like that. So I, I think it will be definitely something. And that's a I'm glad you brought that up because that's a practical thing that can help somebody who's going through a struggle mm. for sure yeah mm. social connected connectedness
2: and obviously Jonathan was his closest friend but on top of that as we go like l- later in his ministry talks about uh, David's mighty men right the, mm-hmm. the, the guys that were the closest to him that he went into battle with yeah yeah they, yeah.
1: they were like you were saying before then the SAS of the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> they yeah. were insane yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah Definitely, they were definitely special forces in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, David's David's life was definitely a very classic good example of somebody who is suffering from trauma, from anxiety, Mm -hmm. and I think this is the beautiful thing. Uh, He still was able to go through despite the struggles, Mm -hmm. Mm. and I think for me that brings us hope. Because as you read the writings, his journaling, mm. uh, he still finds some hope and reassurance. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like us to think maybe of practical things that this guy did yeah. uh, to help himself. Mm. Um, when you think about his life, what do you think, as such?
1: Sorry, what what were the things that helped him?
0: Yeah, mm. the, the yeah. In your opinion?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the release that we were talking about f- in the Psalms was probably a big one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having a way to express what you're feeling um, in, in a similar way to that social connectedness that you were talking about, how that that somewhat halves the burden. Mm-hmm. I think having a, re- a an expression uh, is also a release that um, maybe not halves in this case, but certainly lessens the burden. It sort of lets it out a little bit rather than mm-hmm. it sort of being contained within you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, yeah.
2: And I think one of the one of the other things that that we see he. You can you get glimpses of it in the Psalms, especially, but where he talks about his uh, his relationship with God and how he he relies on God so strongly. I think probably one of the only ways that that outlet was actually helpful was that he was giving his giving those burdens over to God, consciously mm. trying to ask God to bear them on his behalf. And so, For like sure. th- that consciousness of there being that God is there, and not only is He there, but He cares about. He cares about me sort of thing. 100%. That that understanding of God would have been, you know, a, a really key aspect of that. Which is similar but it's directed yeah. towards God rather than someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So understanding of God and, and, and where he fits in the picture. Do you, right. do you
2: think that some of the like some of his drive to conquer and succeed one, once he gets out of the survival Part of his his story, you know, once he becomes king and and he starts um, expanding the empire and yeah, doing those sort of things, do you think in in some way that was him trying to um, find some sort of stability and success or meaning in the suffering that he'd been through? As in, like trying to like feel better. I, I guess you know if he has experienced all the, the trauma and the anxiety that we're talking about. Like, do you think he was uh, pushing the kingdom further to, like, get success to...
1: Sort of finding purpose to in piece. mission? Try to,
2: try to find purpose to in... himself? Yeah. Uh,
0: um, maybe. I mean, he knew he had a duty. Mm. Uh, we already know that some of his anxieties were justified. I yeah. mean, we mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And once that was appeased, uh, it would have been easier for him to try and move on. But it took him a while. We don't know how long or how many years. The problem is that... It wasn't, as we mentioned, you know, there was the the bears, the lions, the Goliath. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have Saul. Saul. Mm -hmm. later Absalom. Yeah. uh, Yes. We have mentioned that and that's true. Mm. And then you have, he kills somebody else with with a justification. Yeah. I want to get back to that bit. (laughs) He takes people, he takes women, uh, his own pleasure. There's a lot of guilt embedded in this yes. in this scene guilt and shame mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: uh, and guilt and shame usually are symptoms of depression <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they can also come with a bit of of of, of, tra- of trauma but there is a lot of, and, and then losing the child you know when mm-hmm. having him te- at the temple yep. crying for his child mm-hmm. but he was he, th- that's an interesting thing and I don't know if yeah I won't divert to that but it's interesting to think that he's there grieving the loss of this child and then once somebody comes, hey, he died, he's like, okay, he moved on. How yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can that happen? That you know? But
2: we'll <laughs> okay, everybody. So, uh, that was a break in transmission there because we had some technical difficulties but we are back <laughs> in the conversation. So, And we've, we've racked our brains and I think I remember the last question that I asked. So, okay. so just to pick up where we left off, uh-huh. we we're talking about David and when when he did Seemingly recover so quickly from the, uh, the, loss experience, of his child. Yeah, the loss of his child Do you think that was because he was already processing the grief before the child actually died?
0: It is a very high possibility. So um, What we know is that Science has told us that when we lose people differently, we grieve differently. Mm. So for example, somebody who loses somebody uh, suddenly mm. like a suicide, a car accident uh Plane crash or something, uh, they might take longer to go through the process of grieving loss. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're prepared, for example, somebody in an oncology ward, uh waiting for the death and you already know hey we give them this amount of time mm. they can process from beforehand mm. uh, it still doesn't make it easier it's mm. still hard and mm. you also have individual factors of course yeah. we, we mm. cannot avoid that in individual um personalities and mm. experiences as we're talking about david mm. so yeah definitely i think mm. definitely that would be a plausible explanation as to why also yeah. the other idea is that he we had to remember that he was a man of god and even though he messed up, and it looked like he was dissonant to his beliefs many times, uh, he God told him, "You're gonna, you know, this is this is a result of sin, and mm. this is gonna happen." That was his judgment, and he accepted it. Mm. Accepting things do help in the process of grief. Mm. Matter of fact, in the, in the stages of grief, there is this process of acceptance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that could have a, a, an influencing factor as well. Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: And I think one of the other things uh, would be would make sense is. Do you think he could have been desensitized based on the fact that he'd already seen and caused a lot of death prior to this time?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. He will have been desensitized to to death and dying. Remember, we still are not um, designed for this. So what happens here is that they, was we, what he has been doing a lot of this stuff. Remember that uh, mental health is an interesting thing; it, it can be cumulative. Mm-hmm. So. At some point in time nevertheless it will catch up to him and we see it in the Psalms as well. But um yeah, it's a possibility mm. for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: So um, I got a question for you, Dan, yes. around the time period where David uh, had that, uh, let's say, lapse in judgment mm-hmm. with Bathsheba, and then the resulting uh, killing of Uriah, etc. Yeah. Um, so just wondering <laughs> how you see that uh, as as to whether that's linked to the, the initial trauma that he experienced uh, yeah. in his young
0: life. I think. I think for that. It does have an influencing factor on the guilt and the shame, but that might not necessarily be linked to trauma. It can, but it, it doesn't have to. And I think this is the point when we might need to define what trauma is. Mm-hmm. So, Trauma is anything that is it's it causes us distress psychologically to the point that it's hard to, to bear. So okay. we have to process it, it becomes more harder to bear. So when we think about a trauma, we think about in, in the sense of a mental health, psychiatrically, psychologically. Uh, in the textbook sense, trauma only takes place when we are being threatened, mm-hmm. either ourselves or uh, or somebody who we love. So, uh, if, if for example, if my life is at risk and I've been traumatized, like his life was, mm-hmm. you know, David soul uh, chasing him, trying mm-hmm. to kill him, uh, trying to do something to him, that would be traumatic for him. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, if People who he loves have been at risk of dying or died. That is also something that can cause post-traumatic stress disorder and as per the manual, if you want to call it, of mental health disorder. So yeah, um, so yeah. I don't I don't know if that will be traumatizing as such. It will be more as a sense of guilt, shame, and uh, despair. Uh, by doing something that he he, It wasn't right. It is a complex thing though because at this at at the same time He wasn't well you could argue that he didn't know what he was doing half uh, half, At the beginning Mm -hmm. Uh, So he sees this woman he lusts for her he Interacts with her uh, sexually immorally because he was in his wife and then he finds out what's going on and then he sends this guy to be killed we could argue that maybe he was a bit psychopathic. <laughs> that's a bit different, though. Um, yeah.
2: And so, do you think that he was at that point, or do you think that it was motivated? Like, like it's a slippery slope.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And 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 I think uh, that's where, when you read some of the Psalms of David, you know, of uh, having a broken heart, a broken spirit is yeah. when it's needed instead of a instead of a sacrifice. Mm. Uh, I think that tells us a bit about his journey because he, he wasn't humble enough to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that, you know, shaming the king, what are you doing, yeah. this mm-hmm. Charlie. So it was a hard, easy fix, if you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but you need to have, I mean, how many of you would actually do that? I would like to think none of us For here would <laughs> like, oh, I would say, hey, hey, Let's not. go and kill somebody to cover up. Yeah this guy and that tells you a lot about his mental health yeah i yeah. mean he was a man of war uh, yeah i would like to think that even i mean any of our armed forces he the, any person who was in iraq comes back i would like to think they will not do that either mm-hmm. unless you are really really far beyond in terms of your, the mental disturbances you have this guy mm-hmm. was yeah he was savage in some ways even though he i was think restored i think mm. though to relate
1: to the story yeah um if i was trained in the art of war like david yeah. was yeah. and i was deep in depression like david was yeah. um then i could foresee doing what David did, right? Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, the, the reason why we don't respond exactly the way David did is because we are different people. Yes, uh, but yes. it, like, if we were in the same sort of mental state, we would, we would still look for a way to cover our sins like David did. It just might be a different 100%. mechanism. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. His judgment was cloudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and we could argue he was cloudy from the beginning. Yeah. Because, again, um, he is seeking for to satisfy his sexual pleasure. Yeah, He's I, been on a journey.
1: Though. I mean t- let, let's be honest uh, he was on the roof um, full well knowing full well that that was going to be a possibility. Am, am yeah. I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think we need to to make him out to be innocent. So, so, <laughs> so he was seeking opportunities, perhaps. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, it, it'd be like analogous, you know, to, to bring it into modern times. It'd be analogous to going, you know, on that part of the internet where you know I might just bump into something that I don't, yeah, you know, know yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be
0: bumping into. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to add to the Bible because I don't want to be cursed. But you know, we can have <laughs> we, we could have sanctified imaginations. And I will, I will think it's not hard to maybe assume, extrapolate that this might not happen the first time.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you, that's very you, fair.
0: You, you, you don't go and hey, I like the woman bringing her over. It's like he will have some interaction yeah. before because you desensitize it slowly. That's what's in it, right? Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and usually David would have been out at war at that time yeah, right technically with, he should have been with the army with like Uriah he was every other and time co. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right correct. Um, so it's quite possible that it, like you say his mental journey didn't begin on the roof that day no. um, <laughs> <laughs> he might not have gone to war because he was in a bad place and he might have gone to the roof because he was in a bad place yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sort of premeditated in a sense
0: yeah so yeah, it, con- it definitely contributes to his mental uh, decay or deterioration. That probably would be the best way to p- portray it. The, mm-hmm. his mental deterioration. Uh, I'm not sure it will be adding to the trauma, uh, the, perhaps the trauma of killing another life. But in this case, I mean, there is a difference, right? Between sure. going yeah. out to adjust the people of God as given by God versus killing an in- innocent person who was part of your special force yes. and you. guarded you. Yeah. Yeah. That's messed up. Pro-
2: probably even a friend of, of yeah, David's, yeah. If yeah. you when you read the list of David's mighty men of valor you're Uriah the right, on yeah. is in that yeah. list so that's yeah. what I call them special have, forces yeah, yeah that's right they they would have fought back to back yeah. you know I mean that would that would be like you know me stealing your wife you know assuming we, like next time you get, <laughs> when maybe, you get one maybe but, you should be yeah, pointing maybe to him <laughs> you said as so I was replying to you then I realized this is going to break yeah. down this analogy <laughs> really quickly your, your yeah, analogy that would broken. be like me stealing your wife and then having you killed you know we've yeah. been doing ministry it together for years you know it's unthinkable And
1: do you think, um, Dan, that this um, was a turning point for David?
0: Well, it definitely is. I think when we see the storyline, we don't see him after we... Well, let's think about what happened. Hmm. Guy comes, uh, prophet of God tells him, hey, you are messed up. Uh, He initially didn't know that. And that's something that happens in mental illnesses, mental health, Mm -hmm. emotional stability, and sin as well. Uh, What David needed at that time is become insightful. Uh, there is that key word that we use a lot in mental uh, mental state examinations. Does the person has insight, mm-hmm. uh, awareness mm. of self, and he didn't? Mm. Uh, but interestingly enough, when you read the psalm that it refers to that, he w- he didn't have the awareness when was it Nathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah Nathan, no, to him, the prophet. The prophet? Yeah. He, but he, the son says how he was being afflicted. Right. Mm. So he's suffering and suffering and suffering. But instead of, you know, going back and confess, not to Nathan, because we don't confess to men, to go and say, hey, I messed up. I'm so sorry. My heart is afflicted. I'm never doing it again. Maybe he never did it again after that. Who knows? He didn't. He, somebody had to come to tell him. Mm. Which tells us a little bit of something, you know, I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously I'm biased about this. I, <laughs> I don't believe in confession to men, but there is a point, you know, talk about friendships, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, do you think um, Jonathan. Jonathan will have helped him? And I think so. I don't know if Jonathan was there at that time. I think maybe he was already gone, you know, falling in battle. But uh, maybe having that avenue to say, hey, you know what I did? This is what happened. Yeah. And he's like, okay. um, that's not good. Yeah. What have you done? Are yeah. you right with God? Yeah. 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 I think friends like that would be very good and beneficial. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, you, you spoke of awareness um, mm-hmm. then. So, like, through Nathan's um, sort of parable, if you like, mm-hmm. he became aware. Yeah. Um, but I really like in Psalm 51 where he mm-hmm. describes, you know, how that made him feel and, and when he went to God, Correct. that that awareness transformed into acknowledgement. Um, yes. So, as soon as he became aware of it, he was willing to own it. Um, and I think that that's got to be crucial in moving forward. Uh, that past... seems to be a pattern for David too, doesn't it? He, he seems to take ownership of whatever the
2: situation is very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's the reason why God says he was a man after his own heart. Is a case of, yes, he did some evil things, but the moment it came to his awareness, he he actually went to God for forgiveness. He yeah. tried to um, turn it turn his life around although he was constantly falling into trouble Hmm. but at least he acknowledged and um, his first instinct was to go to God to lay his burdens upon God Hmm. rather than sit there and try and deal with them himself because as we go through his trauma do you think that without God he would have made it as far into his life as he did?
0: Uh, Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there who might have gone to trauma and they still have been able to recover at that mental health psychiatric level if you want to call it mm. but there's a spiritual aspect that will always remain mm. so for david in david's case uh, god was a very super important thing in his life so there will have been no way to recover without you mm. know mm-hmm. no, absolutely
1: mm-hmm. uh, so how how crucial would you say um like from your interactions with patients mm-hmm. um how crucial would you say acknowledging your circumstances are when you're going through anxiety and trauma mm-hmm. and depression
0: Uh, definitely uh, one of the most important things so one of the first things that um, we tend to do with patients is bring that awareness and there's something that we call psychoeducation so we talk about hey you know this is what's happening with you based on what we heard this is the what's happening with the brain with the mind with whatever with your storyline your narrative and uh, that will bring awareness is the objective uh, of that to
1: to normalize their situation
0: normalizing yeah 100% yeah you're normalizing where you're at based on your experience right. if somebody sat with David hey you know we know you're making poor choices, uh, and <laughs> your poor choices are influenced definitely by some of the experiences you have. By choice or by duty yeah. given by God, you mm. will have make it easy. Like, oh, okay, not to feel self-pity or justify the, his sin, but rather, you know, his affliction. Right, mm, yeah. So, yeah, I, I will, mm. I will say I, that that plays a role.
2: I think that that's really important speaking, at least in this context, we're talking about in a, in a spiritual sense because when we a lot of people uh, and you've probably experienced this a lot more than than any of us have but there's a lot of skepticism of you know mental health in christian circles Mm -hmm. i think a a lot of people that do have that that skepticism who view well if i am diagnosed with anxiety or depression or whatever it somehow reflects on my level of christianity Mm -hmm. um for people that think that if they're not willing to accept that they can that they could be You know, uh, suffering from one of these conditions, then it's very difficult for them to get treated. I would imagine because they don't acknowledge the fact that it's even real. Because, well, you know, I I prayed this morning, so of course I'm not depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yes, I mean for David, there's a combination of factors. There is those traumatic experiences we we already talked about. Yeah, but there is also his choices that were poor, Mm -hmm. and you mix them together, and it was a recipe for his mental health disaster. Yeah. Um, but I can think of and we'll sidetrack so I won't sidetrack but I can think of other examples in the Bible maybe we could do another episode on that yeah (laughs) where there is a clear indication that you can actually be okay with God and still suffer yeah yeah Right. Oh, in this I'm case, David was one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. In this case, David was guilty in some ways. Yeah, and so, so uh, he suffered. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then he suffered. But he also suffered because you know Saul is persecuting him. Right. In that case, he didn't do anything wrong. Either. There was both external and internal 100%. Yeah, yeah
1: challenges. So in the Psalm, um, there's uh sort of like as I mentioned, I see this as a turning point for David. And mm-hmm. uh, you know he says I acknowledge my transgressions. But as I keep reading down, it says Purge me, wash me, um, hide your face from my sins. And then he says that sort of crucial uh, verse. Ten, hmm. creating me a clean heart and renew, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Um, from your perspective, like a professional perspective, uh, what? How would you describe this idea of having uh, c- creating in us a clean heart and renewing our mind?
0: Well, there is something that comes uh, when we think of afflictions based on guilt and shame, which is what David really is talking about mm-hmm. here, I, in my opinion, uh, and he's coming to a sense of. Internal peace, right? And I think that's where Christianity has the advantage of seeing that hey, you know, if God exists and if He is there to overlook everything happening in the world, and if He acquits me or makes 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 me free from the guilt, then I should be okay. Mm. Now that can also happen for some people without necessarily having God, which is an interesting concept because in Christianity there is a conflict. There. How can you be not feeling guilty if God hasn't forgiven you? Right. But we can actually go through the process of um, of n- of of not having the mental affliction. Uh, by a process, for example, of forgiveness.
1: Right. I was going to say, Paul mm-hmm. said that he, one of the things that he sort of attributed to his peace was that he had peace with God and with man. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I guess what you're describing is mm-hmm. that even if we don't necessarily have peace with God, uh, having peace with man uh, enables us to feel that sense of... Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh,
0: and both are, good, Both are, I believe, important and necessary. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times is it like... I, I'm okay with God. Yeah, I have forgiveness, <laughs> but I never went and said, I'm sorry because I actually slapped you across the face. <laughs> I intentionally did it because I was so upset. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, there is that element of 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 <laughs> peace. <laughs> But and, G- w-
1: and Jesus would argue with that anyway, and he would say, "Well, do you really have peace with God if you haven't made up with your brother?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, yeah.
0: And, and we could argue the opposite as well. I mean, what? And this is where we were—the origin of the question was: you can have peace with men, but then there's that spiritual mm. uh, peace that the world is trying to search for. Right, mm. and that's where you know. I guess that's when the boundary is sometimes between the profession and yeah. the theology. Right, but um, yeah. You, you. It is an important part of the work so to be able to come to that point.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what goes on in our psyche when we uh, experience forgiveness? Like this idea of this renewal of the mind.
0: Oh man, freedom, freedom, freedom from the affliction of knowing that you are there. Uh, what's the name of the guy? There's this, um, you, you guys are heard of this program. Uh, Forgive to live. Yeah. Okay, Forgive to leave. Great program. If anybody's listening to this, uh, whoever is listening to this, I know that a lot of people are <laughs> to this, watching this. <laughs> go and check out this book, Forgive to Leave." I forgot the name of the author, but I suspect there's not, there's, there are not that many with that title. Mm. But uh, he brings this analogy that I like, uh-huh. which is not forgiving. So, not the, the opposite to forgiving. Not forgiving is like drinking somebody else's poison cup. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. So, you're stuck yeah. in there... Uh, the other person left it there for you and, or left it behind and yeah. not even intentionally sometimes. And we're like, oh, well, you know, I like it. So I keep on drinking and yeah. killing myself and living this affliction, yeah. mentally turmoil, thinking that, you know, this person is a piece of work. <laughs> the other side, another analogy that I could think of is not forgiving is like driving your car and always looking at the red vision mirror. Hmm. So what happens when you drive your car? And always, without a doubt, looking at the revision right mirror. I mean, you're gonna you look at an in. accident. <laughs> you can crash and yeah. burn and die, or yeah. be injured, or whatever. You know, right. it's not gonna be safe. So, uh, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. So it's very important <laughs> for us to be able to go through that process. So even when we talk about. Um, this is probably a different topic altogether, but we are branching out to this idea of grief, loss, as well as letting off things, uh, feeling peace. And there's usually two psychological options that come. Either we continue with anger, resentment, or, or we go through that pathway of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some people choose the one that is not the most beneficial and mm-hmm. they live their life for, for a long time like that.
1: Yeah. Um, is it possible to experience this renewing of the mind, um, even if... Uh, Like so yourself, even if you have not had that um, experience of of knowing that the other person is sorry for what they have done. Like So let's say you've experienced Ah. trauma at the hand of somebody else. They're not sorry for it. Can you experience forgiveness uh, in yourself even though they're not sorry?
0: Absolutely, because forgiveness doesn't imply somebody's gonna come to say hey, right. sorry. Right. Right. So forgiving by default. This works in English only, by the way, guys. Uh, you know, I have an accent. Uh, I yeah. speak Spanish. I speak um, whatever, um, <laughs> but it doesn't work in Spanish. I also speak a little bit of Croatian. It doesn't work in Croatian, but in English it works. Forgiveness, forgive. You are forgiving your right to actually retaliate. Right. By default, if you slap me, I have the right an eye for an eye. I yeah. slap you yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um but I'm forgiving <laughs> away the right to slap you back and yep. I forgive you without you having to say hello or I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Or hey, you know well, let's reconcile. Right. So it can happen with that mm-hmm. it definitely mm-hmm. can happen without.
1: i love that fact right that there mm-hmm. is still a room for healing even if like you've been abused by somebody else and mm-hmm. they're not sorry that you yeah. can still experience the the peace of forgiveness yourself mm-hmm. by like as you say giving up the right mm-hmm. uh, to, to feel you know uh, hurt by that yeah. experience anymore
2: yeah, yeah absolutely it's so a beautiful just, thing. just to come back to david if david came into your office. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Oh be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. But if he came to came in, sat down and he and he said, Look, this has been my life and you went through the process with him, at least based on what we know from from scripture, mm. what would be your treatment for him? What would you
0: recommend to David? Okay, the first thing that I would recommend to him is something he's already doing. I would like him to journal his experience. Mm-hmm. Journaling, is something, journaling is something that uh, it's a crucial aspect to be able to deliver emotions. You see, when I see a patient today and then I see a patient uh, whenever that happens in two weeks, three weeks, a month, ideally for such a case it's significant i will see them sometimes you need to see them twice a week it doesn't happen in real life because it's quite costly in uh, mm. time consumption uh, in terms of business but yeah. uh, between session to session you don't have an influence over this person's mm. uh, inside mind uh, ability to be able to <laughs> process the narrative the experiences so journaling is something that it's Proven scientifically, there's heaps and heaps and heaps of data that shows that it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the reason why, when we at the beginning talked about the Psalms, mm-hmm. and I mentioned, you know, he was doing his own therapy unbeknown mm-hmm. to him by writing these songs, these Psalms, these mm-hmm. narratives of his experiences, and mm-hmm. crying unto God, of course, mm-hmm. in the process. But uh, journaling is one of the things that I will ask him to, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it implies monitoring how you are. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his journaling, you see that he's you know we talk about self-awareness and insight you see that he had insight mm-hmm. there is something that happens when we sit and reflect on our own life and experiences mm-hmm. and he's writing things and he's like, oh you know but this is what's what's going on oh I feel afflicted I feel I don't think <laughs> he does talk about his iniquities and things like that uh, very rarely it's usually sometimes it's more about the people who are following him. Mm. Uh, but every so often you see glimpses of ah I know that I messed it up mm. uh, so yeah that would be one one thing um.
1: Dan um, yes uh, as you're as you're answering this question yes um, I have a friend who's been going through some some tough times uh, and okay. she's been seeing a, a psychologist okay and um, we've been having a chat uh, in the middle of the week between her appointments mm-hmm. um, with the psychologist mm-hmm. as just like a checkpoint with a friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not qualified to give her psychological <laughs> help. <Yeah. laughs> I just act as someone to bounce bounce thoughts, bounce ideas, yeah. uh, talk to her about what she's been applying from mm-hmm. her visits with the psychologist. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend something like that as, as a potential treatment as well for somebody like David to have uh, a close person that they can bounce you know, as, as a checkpoint in their life?
0: Um, Yes, yeah. so I think I, I must define that um, there is a difference between friendship and therapy. So therapy is actually a scientific treatment to be able to, right. it's a method, there's a method, there's a methodology that it has been proven, this was a random chat. Hmm. Chats do work, I mean, when you look at David, I mean, you could argue, well, he didn't have a therapist, a- and he was okay, maybe we could argue, maybe he could have avoided a lot of the stuff, he, he had therapy before, I don't know. Uh, but there is a difference I think so you mentioned if I could recommend the idea of friendship yeah absolutely is that is that what you intended to ask or? yeah
1: I guess intentional friendship though as in like um, you're not just having a you know, having a cup together and having
2: a laugh and going home you're actually talking about what's important in their life and yeah checking in yeah um,
1: yeah i guess yeah. uh that's sort of what you were saying about the journaling is kind of what triggered the thought it's that monitoring uh your uh, the awareness you have of your own well-being
0: mm. yeah absolutely yeah it, it, will, it will be definitely helpful a lot of people do actually um it happens more in, in 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 ladies i think there is a bit of a cliche that ladies keep a die or some sort uh, a lot of men do when you look at historically back in the 1700s, mm-hmm. 1700s people look at journey of their lives and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that so it's not a uh, there's no gender definitions in there, but um, yeah, I, I think that there wouldn't be a bad thing to keep a journal. I would be surprised, as a matter of fact, I don't know what therapy different therapies work differently, but I would be surprised if at some point in time your friend is not going to go through a process where somebody a practitioner says, "Hey, um, it would be a good idea maybe to start writing something." Oh, already has. Uh, all right, yeah. you go. <laughs> so yeah. it is, it is yeah. definitely part of the process. Yeah. Um, we we look at David's resolution and treatment that he had, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. we can learn from is he utilized that journaling. We already talked about it. He also utilized prayer. Mm-hmm. A lot of his journaling was prayers, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So, and we have science after science that shows that the <laughs> religious, and spiritual science, Duke University, one of the institutions, Ivy League in the United States mm-hmm. has this whole department talking about spirituality and mental health okay. and they have a lot of uh, research that shows that when you pray, you can actually improve not only mental health, but your brain structures change right? Uh, for, for the better. Why? Uh, well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a mystery of God. But... Um, I think you mentioned like, some. Like, is
2: it disciplined thought, like regular disciplined thought that that helps with that? I mean, obviously, God is is going to be the central well, feature there, but I'm just curious if what the mechanism is.
0: Well, when you when we pray, we use specific areas of the brain. You know, there's mm. that connection between the stratal, the frontal lobe, and the stratal connection that goes to the emotional part of the yeah. brain, and that's those are the areas usually that lead up when we pray. Mm. So the more you use it, the more growth there will be in, in the brain. So the the, the 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 cortex layer gets thickened. Also, with depression, we have evidence that it's, it it thins out for people who are going through depression and, yep. and significant anxieties. Now, you mentioned something about David and the perception. What was it about? Something about the perception that we have of God. Um, I don't remember exactly how it was. But maybe I'm <laughs> I, don't, it I, don't I I don't remember what I don't remember what I said either. <laughs> but but, but I, I just wanted to bring this to the attention of the prayer, hmm. because to what we pray is important. So, the evidence has shown that, and this is more into the suicide research, which mm-hmm. is the, one of the things that I kind of like embedded myself, for, embedded myself into for years. But um, when we, the God that we pray to will make a difference for good or for, or for wrong. Mm-hmm. So, if I pray to a God that is not kind, compassionate, and caring, mm-hmm. like for example, mm-hmm. a, an evolutionary God, mm-hmm. Who puts us here to around and left us to our own devices? The prayer is not beneficial. Right. A chastising, punishing, vindictive God, and this is the It'd this be the traumatic thing. in itself, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. and and we in Christianity live a lot like that. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. we live with this ideology of who God is, yeah. uh, and we justify by the sense of righteousness and justice and and, and whatever. But uh, sometimes we we cross the line when we see him. This wicked individual who is here to get us unless we do whatever he wants us to. There is boundaries, of course, but when we pray to such a God, increases the anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's research. There is evidence that shows where people say, "Hey, you know, like this is the God. This is how I perceive God, and this is how prayer has helped me." Mm. <laughs> it goes the opposite. So, in my doctoral dissertation, when I talk about suicide, I actually. You know, this is hard because sometimes you have your belief systems, but you have to go yeah. by science. Mm. And so, science tells me, and I reported that actually people who believe in such God would be better by not believing in God. Hmm. Mm. It's hard to tell. Now, well, I was going to say so, what, what, you, <laughs> what you're saying is,
2: for mental health reasons, let, yeah. let me just get this straight for mental health reasons, you are better off being an atheist than a Christian who believes in a harsh and dictatorial God
0: i don't know if an atheist yeah. i didn't go i, I well isn't that I what not
2: believing be? in god is
0: it uh, could be an agnostic <laughs> uh, search of something right. uh, uh, but maybe maybe disconnecting from god yep. i don't know it, it's it, and that's, I that's another different yeah. Uh, yeah. idea but um yeah, so it can be, uh, and I should stream and downstream down this. We're not talking about suicide because David, I don't think I cannot see him suicidal at all in his life. Mm. He was a survivor, mm. um, but um, he in the the facts that I'm sharing with you have to do with suicide, mm. and that's again maybe we're sidetracking yeah. him, but that's yeah, yeah. a different topic. We, we, we can talk about that more in another but, uh, episode, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but that does happen mm-hmm. for people because they lose hope. And and when they search to the God, like oh well, you know, this is the God that is gonna you know, it's vindictive, 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 punishing and caring. So there is no hope. Mm-hmm. Where in the last resource, yeah. and so that's really where the mm-hmm. so issue is.
2: So to David's treatment, you, you said journaling, monitoring, um, prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that would stand out or?
0: Uh, I I don't I don't know if David focused on this. Um, as such actually as I was going to say something, uh, something has crossed my mind so I'll say this before I forget sure. it which is he had a problem with sleeping
1: mm-hmm.
0: so one of the things that anxiety and trauma causes is very poor sleep sleep pattern, you your circadian mm. rhythm goes messed up and one of the first things that i like to see my patients there is a couple of things you know the journaling is one of practical thing but uh, i want to make sure that the sleeping is better mm. uh and um oh, i lost track of my thought uh <laughs> sleeping is better and they um and they the habitual routine during the day mm-hmm. as well which includes the, the use of substances yeah. so we don't know much about daily substances so I was thinking here uh, of coffee but it's more than just that uh, caffeinated uh, substances but Do it's, you it mean
1: things that will directly affect the sleep?
0: Yeah 100% Well actually uh, caffeinated substances don't only affect sleep it actually increases anxiety mm. which is funny, mm. Mm. well not funny because people feel energized <laughs> but it increases the side effect is right. anxiety especially right. when, when drunk in, in significant amounts okay. mm. uh, so it will have an effect on individuals um, not only sleep but anxiety so what I will say is look after sleep and we know that because I think it's Psalm 4 8, he talks about, hey, God, you know, help me sleep. Mm. Uh, give me something so that I can be at peace. And mm. it goes back to that. Yeah. Rip, yeah. Overthinking, ruminating. Uh, but the one thought that was orig- I was originally thinking is, uh, God, uh, Jesus Christ, God Himself, said this thing. He said, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. And anxiety is about that. Mm. Anxiety is about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. When you think about, David being persecuted, he's thinking about, you know, somebody's going to come. That's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. even happening right now, you know. He's in the cave, and these Mm. guys are like a 1,000 kilometers away. He's like, oh, they're going to come. Oh, maybe they were closer. Who knows? but uh god says don't worry about tomorrow enough trouble has today so one of the things that we talked a lot about in terms of treatment you know this is i love it because it's very biblical as well Mm. is that we we need to start thinking about today Mm -hmm. today the the right here and the right now we can use the past to learn we can use the future to hope but right now is the only thing that we need to Mm. to consider you know Mm.
2: it's anything you would control over
0: 100 percent mm. mm. well half of it but yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah control is one of the things that yeah. um as a sidetracked um but it re- it's relevant um we could argue that most if not all mental illnesses are linked to control mm. the inability to be able to to have control over something that is afflicting us mm-hmm, and right. that's the reason why it's disturbing mm.
1: Hmm. Mm. I, I love how throughout this conversation uh as we've been sort of chasing David's story... Um, we're seeing just how complex human mental health is like you know we've gone on all these side tracks because they're relevant to David's experience because yeah. it wasn't just, David wasn't just traumatized and anxious right, mm-hmm. there were Correct. there were all of these sort of other sort of side issues going on in his life because humans are, exp- uh, are complicated right yeah. it's just the way we are, that's that's the way our emotions, our, our mental health goes mm-hmm. and so I think it's it's important to realize that like if you're going through something you know you might not be able to put you know, one diagnosis on your situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. There might be many sort of areas in your life that you could be re- relating to these characters in the scriptures and sort of seeing uh, through through their story how God uh, comforted them or worked them through that situation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might be helpful to you.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, as you were mentioning that, this talk came to my mind, David, about... The other David, but... <laughs> 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 about... Uh, Setting a specific... This is probably the last thing that I'll mention because there's a lot of things that can be done depending on the person's situation. But uh, one thing that we know that could potentially be helpful when we are anxious, worried, uh, is is, is setting... It goes back to that control, Mm -hmm. that idea of loss of control. Uh, Setting up a time during the day when we can actually sit down to actually do that. And that could be part of that journaling.
1: And when you say do that... Worry. Okay.
0: So 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 that we don't have to do
2: (laughs) for my worrying. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Actually, there is apps. There is an app uh, for those of you who have iPhones, uh, Androids, or whatever you have. um, I believe it's in both. It's called Worry Time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's designed I think was it Beyond Blue no Reach Out Australia whatever you know uh, it's designed specifically to sit down and say hey you know be, there's all of the, a list of worries that I need to focus on and I'm going to leave it there I'm going right. to put it in this box mm-hmm. and that is trying to regain a little bit more of that control
1: right mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so that you know when you're laying in bed at night you don't have to worry because you've already done it <laughs> Well Yeah, well yeah. Not this yeah. is not worry it's time. Not worry time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's not as easy but it, it helps. helps. Yeah. There's yeah. proof that it helps. But sometimes it's not as easy. So if you're lying in bed at time that. and you're worrying, one of the things is you can think oh I already put it in my list to worry or oh, tomorrow at twelve o'clock is when yeah. I am actually gonna worry. Yeah. Today I'm gonna sleep. Yeah. <laughs> But sometimes it's not enough. So, sometimes mm. you have to wake up and mm. say, okay, I need to make sure that I write down all of these things that are bothering me.
2: It, yeah. It's funny. I can actually really relate to that, like, or, organically. Like, I, I mean, I don't use the app or anything. But for me, if there's something that that's that's bothering me, I I am definitely a, a note taker. If I don't write it down, it mm. will... It will Destroy my peace of mind, and yeah. so Sarah sometimes she's like, "What are you doing?" It's late, and I'm like, "I need to get all of this out of my head because if it's out of my head, then it's not bothering me." Yeah, and, and so like I've got like big A2 <laughs> notebooks with like all the, all the stuff, not necessarily worries. A2, but
0: yeah. A2 are like massive. Yeah, yeah. I literally <laughs> have like an A2. Yeah, uh, uh, there's, not, there's one
2: of them over there on the desk underneath the uh, the camera bag. So, but uh, like I mind map and like all of the stuff that's <laughs> okay. in my head, like I, I put into that. So this, these are like all sure. the things that I need to worry about, about ministry. This is all, this is wing is all the stuff that I worry about work. This yes. is all the stuff I worry right. about family and it not necessarily worries, but all the stuff that is just taking up mental space. And once I get all of that out, then it's like, well, I have a plan there. I don't have to think about it because I'm Correct. not going to forget anything. And Correct. so I just close it and I'm done.
0: It's so. emotional energy that we spend. Yes. yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know you have significant worries when you need A2, right, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just impressed. Like, I know A3 is double D. So yeah,
1: so yeah, yeah. F- yeah, we'll have a look after. Hey, I, I, it sounds like we're trying to wrap up. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. But I just wanted to ask you one more question about David. Sure. So, uh, in the Bible, he is referred to as a man after God's own heart.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Tell me how. I have no idea. It's very theological. Come on, man, you're uh, the expert. <laughs> well, uh, Ben well, mentioned maybe, that, What do you think? <laughs> I was going to say. Um,
2: yeah, I was going to say m- maybe what you're getting at, David, just to augment the question is to ask it, how is it possible like that? He is a man after God's own heart, considering all of the the brokenness mm. that we've discussed. Is I mean, I'm a, not going to own that question. That's well, your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, what, what, I, what I think,
0: what I yeah, think, what from, think? Uh, from my perspective is that I think something that we already alluded to during this episode is David's part of David's well-being and treatment was to seek God Yeah. Mm. and try to reflect God. And that's something that we call cognitive um, congruency so he had this belief system and he was searching god and help him knowing that i mean just let's make it practical when you do something nice in your christianity not for not because it's going to save you not because it's going to give you briny points or maybe you could think that it would but it it, it feels well Mm -hmm. it it sits well so i'm extrapolating here a lot i'm just thinking that that part of david seeking god constantly and seeking to be more like him despite part of his mess ups uh, help him in his journey to right. feel better right. uh, to accept things such as hey I want to build a temple for you God and God is like no nah, it's not going to be you look at yeah. your hands they're full of blood yeah. so he's like yeah. okay okay um, I'll go and do a collection instead yeah <laughs> compare that to somebody uh, David who is like I like that woman I'm going to have it because yeah. I'm the king yeah. he could have said God well that's your that's your doing I want to build a thing, yeah. which is similar to what Saul did. Right. That's the yeah. opposite. And again, I reckon we should do an episode on that because it's a bit of an yeah. opposite situation. Yeah, there. yeah, we will. So yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and
1: Mephibosheth is a really good example of what you're saying as well. Okay. you know, David was like reaching out for, of of himself
0: yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think it, it intends to say? <laughs> in your opinion, oh, theologically logically speaking, personally speaking, in terms of David's being as uh, God's own heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I think I, I agree with you. I think it was just that attitude of of searching, right? You know, mm-hmm. even through all of his mess and his struggle, he like if you read the Psalms, you just get this idea that he, he just wanted to know God, right? Mm-hmm. Through all of that mess, it didn't it didn't matter whether he was you know going mm-hmm. off and committing adultery, killing people, whatever. It was full commitment. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. Y- in his heart, he wanted to know God, and he wanted to be with God, mm-hmm. and he wanted to, to serve God in the best way and he could, right? And he stuffed up along the way, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I agree. It's that sincerity of commitment that I see. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. He was well, I don't I know either. I,
0: no, I, I love, <laughs> I love that because that is available to everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, to my patients, to you, to me, to to, to every single person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Possibly my favorite Psalm, 27, one thing have I desired and that will I seek after to know the beauty of the Lord, right? That was what David wanted. Yeah, yeah, so I really like that. Oh, thanks
0: for sharing that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. thank you. I
1: appreciate it. Well,
2: with that, I think uh, this has been a good start to this series. So there will be more. <laughs> Don't worry. Dan will be back. And uh, we look forward to catching you guys next week. But if you have enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can like, comment and subscribe. We would love to hear more from you guys. If you have any other specific characters that you would like to hear us cover in the future, let us know. We'd love to hear about that too. So you guys have a great week and we'll catch you next time. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk. And you can can give anything from even a dollar a month uh, upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.